everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, Be kind to rewind. My name is Gabe. My name is Logan. And we are talking about 1998. And it was great. It was a great year for movies, uh, as I kind of uh, teased last week. And let's get right into it here. Um, Patch Adams came out this year. <laughs> and another another uh, one of your... Um, yeah, well, I mean, dramatic, you know how I feel about Robin Williams. Dramatic Robin Williams roles that you love so much. So, yeah, no, I'm just I'm joking. Patch Adams was, I thought, a terrible movie um, in an otherwise trying-to-be-sweet kind of fashion and uh, dramatic. And it was yeah, just... Yeah, it just came off a little bit crass. Yeah, with the nose and all that. Yeah. Oh, God, that was offensive. Grass. No, I'm joking. We don't have to talk about Patch Adams. I was just trying to. No, I mean, really, we should talk about Babe Pig in the City, right? We should. Directed by your buddy. I know. Well, this is this is the funniest part. Terrible movie. Odd, bizarre in a very you know Australian way. Um, Mm -hmm. but it was directed by George Miller, who is best known for making all of the Mad Max movies, including the incomparable Fury Road. Was he was nominated for an Oscar for that movie? Maybe I possibly want to say he was. He was never going to win because no. it was Mad Max. But I, I think he was nominated. I um, think and, and also the movie itself was nominated. Deservedly so. I, I haven't thought this far ahead, but that might be my favorite movie of that year. It was tremendous. Well, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get, get there. there but, we'll get there. But uh, but no. In between all of his Mad Max movies, he made Babe Pig in the City. So uh, worth worth pointing out. Fair enough, and it was a worthy movie, huh? Oh, oh my gosh. It could have used a little Mad Max. You're like Babe, picking the city. Little but uh, for you. no, there were a lot. I mean, there were a lot of like mediocre, okay movies that came out this year too. Mm-hmm. You know, off the list. Um, I'm just gonna name a couple. You got stuff like U.S. Marshals, uh, the sequel to The Fugitive, mm-hmm. which again is a big step down from The Fugitive. But it was kind of fun. It brings back Tommy Lee Jones, throws in Wesley Snipes. Sure. You know, it's kind of entertaining. You've got stuff like Mercury Rising. Again, with Bruce, Bruce Willis, okay. Alec Baldwin, very evil Alec Baldwin. Again, kind of a B-rate action movie that's kind of fun once or twice. Mm-hmm. Um, well, speaking of B-rate action movies, ah, maybe an A-rate action movie. Uh, Rush Hour came out. Um, I, I say A-rate action movie. Yeah. I dig Rush Hour. Jackie Chan, Chris Tucker, as Chris, we all know yep. by love now. Chris Tucker. As we all know and love by now. Uh, yeah, just fun movie about uh, the, the clashing of what cultures. What is a good oh, absolutely, absolutely nothing. <laughs> Love it. Love Racist. it. Uh, exactly. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my <laughs> mouth? My mouth. That is drilled in my head because that's on the DVD menu. Is it? So you get to the menu and it's just Chris Tucker's floating head going, do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Over and over again until you hit play. Oh my god, that'd be obnoxious. As yeah, much as I bit. love Chris Tucker, little he can bit. be obnoxious. But yeah, definitely A-Rate. Didn't make my top five, but again, really fun movie. Another, really fun. Another movie that was pretty funny, um, didn't make my, didn't come anywhere near my top five, was actually Half-Baked. That was mm-hmm. Dave Chappelle's breakout role. Um, it kind of introduced everybody to the wonderful mind of Dave Chappelle. I think he wrote that movie. I, uh, he was obviously in it. He wrote, co-wrote the movie, um, and with uh, his buddy Neil Brennan. There you go. I love the two of them that can do no wrong. Um, they did Chappelle Show, um, and now Dave Chappelle actually came back with uh, two new stand-up specials on Netflix. Hmm. You should check out one of them. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the second Fair one, enough. to be honest. Um, the first one, I know we're not talking about these stand-up specials well, very long. Apparently we are, sounds like. <laughs> the first one, he's kind of shaking the cobwebs off because it's his first special in like 10 years. The second one, I think he is more in his element. And just watch it. Right. If you like Dave Chappelle. Right. Also I'm, watch I'm Half-Baked. So. Noted. 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 What else did you like this year? Um, 
or hate. Either way. No, you know what? A movie that I liked, which was very underrated, was Almost Heroes with um, Chris Farley and Matthew Perry. It was Chris Farley's last role, I believe, and it was so funny from... I don't want to say from start to finish, because there were some gaps in there which were kind of eye-rolling, stupid. But the ending, in my opinion, was one of the funniest endings to a comedy... And I don't want to give anything away, but, it, but watch that movie. Stick stick with it um, until the you, ending. You had me at Matthew Perry. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I love him. He doesn't get enough good roles. Chandler Bong. So exactly, he's, he's the best. I mean, he really. I mean, apart from Friends, what great things have you seen him in? Uh, when the fools rush in. I'm just joking. Uh, that's exactly my point, though. That's the thing. The only great thing, and I, I think he's better in this than Friends. Actually, is Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip, which uh, didn't even make it a full season before uh, it got canceled. Yeah. He's been in a lot of canceled shows. He was also in Mr. Sunshine. Mr. Sunshine. Mr. Yep. Was that the name of it? Yeah. I think so. Um, which I heard is actually decent. And he was also on a show where he was like a radio DJ or something. Yeah. What was that? Go. Okay. Go. Um, you go. You get the F out of here. You go, girl. That's right, baby. So, yeah. Uh, enough talk about Matthew Perry. Uh, rest in peace, uh, Chris Farley. And... I was going to say, Matthew Perry's not dead. No, he's not. But Chris Farley is. Unless you know something I don't. Well, who knows? Where were you last weekend? I was in the Bahamas. And so I was Matthew Perry. Plane ticket to prove it. Uh, I mean, um... <laughs> there were actually there were okay. So there were some really great action thriller movies this year too. Yes. That didn't quite make the top five because again it was a strong year. It was. But you had the Negotiator is one of my favorites actually. I. Love watching that movie. Kevin Spacey. It was a near contender to make the top of Kevin Spacey, Samuel L. Jackson, mm. back when he hadn't given up on acting and just taking every single paycheck that came his way. Every paycheck, even commercials. Every single one. Every single, every one. single one. This was back when he was terrific, and it is oft-parodied. I feel like the spoilers for this movie have just everybody already knows how it ends, but it doesn't matter mm. because it's so well done. It is. It is one of those movies that is truly the journey. That gets you there. He can definitely negotiate his way out of a paper bag. <laughs> shut no, okay, you just shut, shut up. up. Um, um, the real... negotiator, and it's, I know we touched on Will Smith a little bit last year, but uh, this year Will Smith had the underrated Enemy of the State. Ooh, good um, call. Espionage movie. You know, he's kind of on the lamb. Features one of my favorite underrated actors, Barry Pepper. Oh, love me some Barry Pepper. Right, he is terrific, but he doesn't do much. Had Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman. Who I love Gene Hackman. Who doesn't? Probably, probably this generation because, yeah, probably uh, <laughs> this generation because he hasn't been anything since Welcome to Mooseport, I believe was his last role. That may well be. He retired. He is still with us. He retired. He should get back in it just for one more role. Just for that he one should. more iconic role. He and Sean Connery role. should come out of retirement together to make a movie. A, a buddy comedy movie. Absolutely. Buddy cop comedy. Where they go to Vegas. Yes. And they're about to time. retire. Yep. Yes. And then they, they could call it the bucket list. Wait. Wait a minute. <gasps> That's another one. Jack Nicholson. I know, oh right? God. One of the greats. Morgan Freeman? Why would uh, either of them do that? You know, Morgan Freeman is 80 this year, and he's still making movies. Why? Why? why yeah, and he's uh, making real movies, unlike Sam Jackson, correct. who's probably also almost eighty. I don't know. He's looking good for his age. Yeah, that's he for is. Sure. I mean, that's true. All you got to do is shave your head. That's the trick to longevity. <laughs> Done. I'm gonna do it right now. Um, one more last movie that I'm gonna mention. Actually, just two more. Um, before we go into the, our top five here, um, Armageddon came out. 
Yes, um, it did. More like That's Armaged- the nicest thing that could be said for it is Armaged- it came getting out. out of here exactly. That was uh, <laughs> uh, some people that I know um, think this is a great movie, not a good movie. If you're listening, he's talking about you. Yes, not a good movie, but a great movie. This person watched this movie. Uh, about a month ago, and um, <laughs> they watched it willingly, and they loved it every second so of this it. This wasn't a Clockwork Orange strapped down, eyes open situation. No, he did Ooh. it willingly, and um, and um, it was just about a meteor about to hit Earth, and then NASA recruits a bunch of oil drillers for some reason to take out this meteor. Makes sense. Yeah. Would you say that? The plot was a little sparse that maybe it could have been, I don't know, a little meteor. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> One more movie that came out, uh, just barely missed my top five, was Rounders with Matt Damon mm. and Edward Norton. Uh, Edward Norton had a strong year this year, as you will know by my um, top five here. And uh, yeah. Wait, The Incredible Hulk wasn't this year. No, that'll come later. <laughs> he had a long career here of nothing but gold but it was all just working up to the incredible hulk like that's the pinnacle exactly and then he retired after no, that. rounders correct me if i'm wrong aren't they talking about a sequel to that oh uh, they are and yeah. i might be interested in that depending on where they go a with long it. time it seems like a uh, very long time they've been any doing any a lot of movies lately credibility that they had built up from the first one is long gone or, or cachet with the fans i don't know and i don't really see it being a uh, I don't really see the story itself that it was telling continuing, but uh, I think they're going to turn it into a you know like ten part Fast and Furious esque franchise. Yes, that's where I see it going. But you know, yeah. that'd be uh, that'd be cool if like Gambit joined the cast, right? I mean, you know, start dealing cards and slicing people exactly. And then uh, okay, my my last movie before we dive into our Here top five. Speaking of action, you know, movies, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Ooh. And, you know, early Guy Ritchie, back yeah. when he was still good. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I guess he, I, that's mean. He hasn't fallen too far. But he made this. He made Snatch, both of which I love. Just love. They're creative. They're fresh. They break the mold. Correct. But they break the mold by creating his own mold. And you realize, as he keeps making movies, that he keeps making the exact same movie. Even when it's called Sherlock Holmes, it's really Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Even when it's King Arthur, it's Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Mm-hmm. So just do yourself a favor. Skip all of those and watch Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels and Snatch. What about and... Rock and Rolla? No. No? No. Wow. Okay. Not um... Rock and Rolla, not Revolver, not really almost anything else he's done. Wow. They're just his, all the same. But he's got a bu- uh, buddy in Hollywood, Matthew Vaughn, who I think can do it all True, wrong. true. And, I mean, they work together on these, you know, first couple movies, mm-hmm. and Matthew Vaughn is terrific. Yes, I, yes. I suspect since they parted ways, looking at both of their career trajectories, Matthew Vaughn's the more talented of the two. I'm just going to throw that out there. I will agree with that wholeheartedly, simply because I'm a huge Matthew Vaughn uh, fan, and uh, I don't really hate Guy Ritchie. No, um, I mean... So, I, you know, but anyways... Good, good movie, good choice. Um, so let's crack into the top five here. All My right, start us off. Five. Um, this movie might have been ranked a little bit higher on your list. The Truman Show. Uh, maybe a little bit, maybe a lot. Back know. when I first did this movie ranking, I ranked it as my bottom five of 1998. That was because I saw this movie at first when I was a kid. This is not a kids' movie. Not that it's vulgar or crass or anything. It's just that a little more high-minded than that. Exactly. There's more going on. There's more going on than a kid can have credit for. And uh, so I rewatched it just, you know, last year and it was um, top of the top of the heap, uh, so to speak. 
um, Jim Carrey serious slash comedic role. Um, and uh, Ed Harris was nominated for an Oscar. I believe he won. And I don't. I think the screenplay was also nominated for an Oscar. The screenplay, sure. But I was going to say the Ed Harris performance, I don't think was Oscar worthy. I mean, it depends me on wrong. what else came out that year. I thought it was very good. I mean, I, I don't know. It, it's subtle. It's not one that blows you away. But. Um, yeah. I was just saying, get closer to the mic. In, in retrospect, it, 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 here's the funny thing. So, Peter Weir is one of my favorite directors. Okay. Um, absolutely love him. Because of the role Ed Harris plays as the director in Truman Show, mm-hmm. whenever I think of Peter Weir, I picture Ed Harris. Oh, interesting. Like he, he's become synonymous <laughs> as as the director for me. But uh, but no, I mean, great movie. Uh, yeah. That it, it appears much higher on my list. Love it. Um, What's your number yeah. five? Uh, my number five, and I went back and forth. Um, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I went with a Bug's Life. Um, okay. It is you know very early. I think it's Pixar's second movie after Toy Story. Um, right. It is kind of a kid's retelling of The Magnificent Seven, if you will. Um, Interesting. It, it really is. It's, it's you know, these bugs. Uh, everybody's They're seen living. it. I don't really have to, you know, rehash the plot. It's not my favorite Pixar movie, but it's the one that got me interested in Pixar. I quite like it. The only reason it's not one of my favorites is they just, for about 10, 15 years, they just kept getting better yeah. and making better movie and better movie and outstripping themselves. Um, but it, I feel like it all started with Toy Story and Bugs Life. Oh, yeah, for sure it did. Um, and uh, I will agree with you that it, they do keep getting better and better, but after a certain point, they They really do. They, they, the they peaked. They lost some of their mojo. But then um, Inside Out, they returned to form. Bugs so. Life also had one of my all-time favorite of their short movies, which is Jerry's Game, with the old man playing chess, if you remember. No. Because they, you know, I mean, again, one of the things I loved about them as a kid was there was always this bonus movie at the beginning. Sure. And the one tacked on to Bugs Life was one of my favorites. That was fun. That was a fun little uh, um, egg. And so. actually, funnily enough, so my number four is also, I would say, a kid's movie. It's animated. It is, you know, PG rated. Um, and Prince of Egypt, if you ever saw that. Interesting. I think I saw it back in the day when it first came out. Uh, sell me on that movie there, Logan. I mean, you know, one. it's nostalgic for me. It was the first movie I ever saw in theaters. Okay. Um, you know, I was, I was, oh, that's kid. right. It yeah, was, we talked yep, about it, that. It, and, but I revisited it recently. It is on Netflix right now and I rewatched it about a month ago and I still love it. It is still very, very good. Um, very well directed by Simon Wells, very well cast. You've got Rafe Fiennes Ooh. among others. Um, you've got Jeff Goldblum. Whoa. Does a voice in it. Sold. Um, right, right. Sold. Jeff Goldblum does not do enough. And it's, it's, I don't want to say it's a musical. But it is a movie with a lot of songs. It is almost a musical. It's not a Disney movie. It's not a Disney movie? Wow. It is a DreamWorks movie. But it it has songs with music and lyrics written by one of my favorites. I can't remember his name, but he does a lot of musical theater. He's done a lot of plays that I quite like. You're thinking of Tarzan. (laughs) Um, No, Prince of Egypt, wasn't sure it was going to hold up, but I rewatched it. And it absolutely does. Yeah, okay. Absolutely does. That's what I like about this show is that I get a different perspective and a different list altogether because my number four is completely different from your number four. And I, it's There's Something About Mary. It is, in my opinion, the best Fairly Brothers movie. They came out with Dumb and Dumber. They came out with um, Kingpin. They came out with the, recently the Three Stooges movie. Um, so they've come out with some stinkers. For the longest time, I would, I would put Dumb and Dumber as probably my favorite Fairly Brothers movie. But um, when you rewatch it, it's just 
I don't think it holds up as well as there's something about Mary does. There's something about Mary is funny from start to finish. There are multiple um, parts of this movie where I was howling with laughter. Um, every performance in this movie, every character in this movie has their standout hilarious moment. Even the si- even the smallest characters, like a guy sitting on a boat um, who's also having an affair with uh, Mary's uh kind of roommate um magda and uh it's so i cannot recommend this movie more it is on my top 50 of all time wow i am putting it there so it's your top 50 of all time but it only makes your fourth of a year exactly that's how strong of a year this this year was um ben stiller was great but in a in a movie of hilarious standout comedic roles i will say matt dillon um as pat healy is probably one of my favorite comedic characters of all time because he is so slimy and but just sells his character so well and he's got so many parts of this movie are would have been okay if it weren't for matt dillon's performance go see it even Cameron Diaz is fun in this movie, uh, and that's saying a lot because I don't care for Cameron Diaz that much. I don't dislike her, but I don't. I'm not gonna go see a movie because she's in it. So there you go. There's my recommendation of this year. Is there something about Mary? My number three movie of this year is uh, another top fifty of all time. It's a war, World War II um, epic Ooh. called Saving Private Ryan. I've it not, is. I've not heard of that. Well, it's a movie with Matt Damon, Matt Damon, and he's pretty much in the prime of his career at this point. And I don't, I don't think, it, I, you know, I wouldn't start by saying it's a movie with Matt Damon though, because he's honestly he's a very small very part small, of the movie, very small. Um, it's a Tom Hanks uh, movie. It's, actually, it's an ensemble. movie. I was gonna say everybody, everybody and their cousin is in this movie, starting off with Barry the Pepper, aforementioned Barry Pepper. Exactly. You're absolutely right. He is wonderful in this and movie. Vin Diesel Vin is in this Diesel movie. Diesel is in this movie. Even okay, do you remember Tom who plays the uh, the fake Private Ryan that they find early on in the movie? Oh, I don't want to keep the audience guessing because I think I know it. But go ahead. It and is tell it me. is the ever hilarious Nathan Fillion. Yes, that's right. In one of the funniest scenes in a very grim movie. Very funny. Very hilarious. About and- yeah, <laughs> about this entire um, troop brigade is coming up comes up to this guy named uh private ryan, private ryan yeah, and it's... says your family is dead or your brothers have died and then he's just like well he, he breaks down i mean he's he's he, he breaks down bawling he says but i was just i was they, they're, they're, they're only kids i just saw them and they realize of course they've got the, they wrong, got guy. the wrong guy um but nathan fillion hilarious in in a, you know he steals his scene yes um tom hanks is great as always yeah um earn this good good steven spielberg movie yes um oh. it's funny i i think i maybe undervalue it a little bit i liked it okay but it also you know shortly thereafter uh spielberg went on um with hanks to co-produce band of brothers yes and band of brothers when you watch it is private ryan and more private ryan is is in in comparison a little bit choppy it it can't fully develop its characters the same way because it's a movie and you know band of brothers has 11 hours yes so i I don't think i appreciate band of uh private ryan quite as much as i should and that's a great movie that's fair enough um because i will agree with you that band of brothers really did get more time to breathe and uh just develop these characters malarkey is a great character all, all around um but yeah private, private ryan um yeah and then he that 
kind of set the stage. And uh, if it wasn't for Private Ryan, we wouldn't have had Band of Brothers. And Band of Brothers, actually, I will go down as probably my not my top ten um, shows of all time. Um, and one of my yeah. favorite memories of this show is actually watching that show with my grandpa, who's a World War II veteran. And he was actually like giving me little tidbits of like of information about the war while we were watching it and like why they have the spades on their helmets and all that. It oh, was, was really cool. Yeah, it was really yeah. cool. So I got the double uh, kind of double your pleasure moment of that. But yeah, and, uh, no, I, I yeah, I would if if we ever get around to talking about TV um, in a future podcast, maybe definitely in my top ten as well. Good call, and, Logan. No, uh, Private Ryan did not crack my top five, but you know, a case can be made that it should have. It, it's deserving. Sure. That, that, it was a strong year. Um, and was my number three, three, and I believe this appears higher on your list, so I'm just going to touch on it, okay. and I'll let you get to it later. But American History X, Ooh, great movie. Um, I believe that was the Ed Norton movie you were alluding to earlier. Uh, you were correct. Um, you know, terrific film, grim, depressing. Um, everything yep. you want in a movie, yep. but uh, yeah, great movie. Um, I'm gonna breeze past that. Uh, we'll Good. let you talk to it when we get to talk about it when we get to it. Why? Thank you, young but, man. But uh, we'll go to my number two, which is uplifting and depressing and hilarious all at the same time. It is one of the oddest movies you'll ever see. Life is beautiful. Oh, okay. Um, it is an Italian language film, um, but I highly recommend the English dubbing because Roberto Benigni, who plays the lead does his own dubbing because he speaks English and he's hilarious. You get his comic timing Mm -hmm. and his inflection. So uh, it's one of few movies that I recommend watching with the dub and not the subtitles. Um, But it's really, it's a movie in two parts. Um, It's, it's, it's about, uh, I'm trying to think how to describe it. It it is. And it isn't the first half is kind of a romantic comedy. Mm -hmm. Um, Roberto Benigni plays, you know, a, a, a young Jewish guy, in the city, um, you know, he, he meets a woman, he falls in love, they have a kid. Like, that's the whole first half of the movie is wow. that. Wow. Then the second half, and literally there's there's almost almost an act break, because the second half is them in in a confinement camp. Wow. You know, it's, it's them at, I don't remember if it is, I don't think it's Auschwitz, but it's them in a confinement camp. And, and literally the first half is romantic comedy, the second half is war tragedy. Wow. But both halves work equally well, and I think they work because of each other, because of the contrast okay. um, and, and kind of the, the cognitive dissidence. It's, it's tremendous. Definitely on my best movies of all time. List. Is that your recommendation um, of the year? Um, looking at my list, yeah. Because I, I, think so. I don't know a lot of people who have seen Life is Beautiful. No, so I mean, again, it, it's foreign language, and I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not a film snob. I don't watch all the foreign language movies and go, oh, well, American movies are so blah, blah, blah. Yes. You should watch this. This was one I happened to see, mainly because when it came out, it was very well regarded. It was nominated for some Oscars. Might have won Best Foreign Picture of the Year. Um, and so I happened to see it. I think you're um, right. And that. yeah, I, yeah, I cannot recommend it enough. Well, my number two is, I kind of feel a little shallow compared to your I mean, little, uh, you should always feel shallow. Yes, but... Compared to your um, epic uh, breakdown of that movie is The Big Lebowski. That's another comedy on my uh, top five. Surprise, surprise. It is the role that Jeff Bridges will be remembered as. And, um, I, I, I would say he's going to be remembered for R.I.P.D., but that's just my opinion. <laughs> it, he is the dude um he is a basically a hippie in la modern la and uh a crazy um set of events happens of mistaken identity john goodman in this movie 
is probably one of the best comedic roles of all time. Uh, he plays Walter, who is a loose cannon, a Vietnam War vet, and every time he's on screen is probably the fun the funniest part of the movie. Do you think John Goodman gets appreciated enough? I don't sometimes think he does. I don't think he does. Because here's the deal. Uh, a lot of people like John Goodman and a lot of people a lot of people like us love John Goodman. Yeah. But he has never been nominated for an Oscar, even though he should have been multiple times. What what are you thinking of? I'm thinking of well first of all Ten Cloverfield Lane he was fantastic in he that he was but it wasn't a good movie I I know that but his performance um, regardless was wonderful Flight he was wonderful in True. Flight Flight could have been something that could have gotten him an Oscar nomination mm-hmm. I'll nod with that yeah exactly he just he doesn't tend to do movies that lend themselves to the Oscars um so it's not too surprising although incidentally uh, trivia fact he was in two movies this year do you know the other one um King Ralph The Borrowers oh okay. He was in uh, the, the Borrowers, which you know, it's a fun movie. I had it kind of on my runners-up list. It, it, it's an entertaining kids movie. Yeah. Um, but uh, John Goodman again, hilarious. Is that an animated movie? No, no, it is live action. Um, okay. Just bu- a bunch of uh, people borrowing things. No, no, no. If you're not, I, I assumed you were familiar with it. It's it's kind of a famous you know kids story. There were books. There have been a couple movie adaptations. Basically, the Borrowers are little people who live in the house. Okay. And they 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 do they borrow things like um, the underpants gnomes. So you know they South take Park. paper clips and this and that and everything they have is built from things they've borrowed from the house. Um, are they going to give it back eventually? I mean, they're called borrowers, not okay. stealers. Exactly. So I would assume so. Uh, again, John Goodman was actually in three movies. He was also in Blues Brothers 2000 oh, in 1998. Wonderful. But we can yeah. forget about that. I think we all have. Oh, Thank you for reminding me that that movie exists. Uh, what was your number one of all? My number one, which uh, we talked about a little bit earlier, was The Truman Show. Okay. Um, which I don't have much more to add other than it is a strange one for Peter Weir to have directed. Peter Weir is a very grounded director. He does a lot of you know, dramas and historical movies. So this pseudo, I don't know, I wouldn't call it science fiction, um, almost slipstream reality movie um, that is The Truman Show was an odd choice for him, but makes him perfect. perfect. Um, Because he brings a level of gravitas to it that uh, a genre director wouldn't have been able to achieve. So yeah, I love The Truman Show, my favorite movie of the year, uh, one of my favorites of all time. Fair enough. Good call. And your number one? My number one. uh, You alluded to it earlier. American History X, starring the great Ed Norton, Starring the uh, other the, uh, that's guy, Sir other Edward. Edward Norton to you, yes, exactly. Starring the other Edward, Edward Furlong, um, and one of two movies that he was great in. Um, <laughs> the other one being Terminator Two. Um, Edward. Okay, so this movie um, holds a special place in my heart. It was um, I actually saw it back in the day as a because I was entering high school at this point. No, I wasn't. I was entering middle school. I was in the middle of middle school at this point. And my brother was watching it for a class project, and I just kind of snuck in the room and watched it with him. And it is a very graphic movie. It has one of the most graphic Bite scenes. Bite the of curb. All. Exactly. You said it right there. It has one of the most graphic scenes of all time with the curb stomping. Love the movie. I've never watched the scene. Look away every time. You, you, they don't show. Again, I think I've talked on this before. They don't show anything, but they. I believe the sound is in there, and it is so damn graphic. And... Uh, it, but the rest of this movie is so beautiful. It's about a neo-Nazi who basically goes to prison for killing a guy and um, starts working hand-in-hand with an African-American gentleman. Um, and I can say that because he was a gentleman. He um, it was played by Corey Torrance or something. I can't remember the guy's name. But he was a stand-up comedian at the time. 
and uh, he nailed this movie as the inmate who kind of kind of helps him along in prison. Um, even though Edward Norton doesn't really warm up to him right away, something happens in prison. I'm not going to get into it, but the ending to this movie is what it all comes down to. It is one of the most uh, um, powerful endings in in uh, movie history. I would I say, say I'm personally, just thinking about it, but it's so necessary for that ending to happen. I thought for Edward Norton's character, and I'm not going to explain what happens because I th- Rosebud. Is, yes, exactly, and uh, just go out and see this movie. It, you will not uh, regret it. Uh, You'll probably however, regret it, but it's worth it. However, it it, it is very vulgar, um, and if you're if you kind of get squeamish about racism in America, um, which is a lot a lot a lot of people. I mean, do I do. I, I have heard that that's kind of an issue. Um, yeah, a, little bit, I, a little bit. A little bit. I I mean, just what I've heard. And I think everybody should go out and see American History X and figure out what we can do to make things better. So. There you go. That is my number one uh, of 1998. And that is 1998. That is 1998. And I'm going to give you a little bit of a a spoiler alert here. Um, Four out of the five movies that I named will make my top 50 of all time. Wow. There you go. Wow. That's that's a wrap for 1998. Join us next uh, week when we talk about another stellar year in cinema, 1999. We'll see you next year. See you next, y'all.